Chapter 35 of the Shakespeare Spies. Here I go. Thanks to my actor's memory, I had no trouble recalling every detail of the confession Colgan made to me in his prison cell. The difficult part was bringing myself to reveal it to Julia. I feared that once I had, nothing would ever be quite the same between us. Yet neither could I bring myself to keep it from her. The story was so incarnate that I could not tell but one piece of it any more than I could have recounted recounted a single scene from Hamlet or a comedy of errors and expected my audience to make any sense of it. I had to begin as a play does at the beginning. Several years before Julia was born, Tom Cogan married a childless widow named Alice. Not so much for love, he admitted, as for the wages he she made as a charwoman at Whitehall. Like every other female who worked or lived in the or live in the palace, Alice was smitten with the queen dashing the, with the queen's dashing young master of his horse, Robot Robert de Verk's Earl of Essex. Not content with being the queen's favorite, Essex seemed bent on se- seducing one by one all of her majesty's ladies in waiting. Each time the jealous queen got a wind of such an affair, she was furious and set the unfortunate girl home in disgrace. One of Essex's conquests was Francis Vassour, a a daughter of an impoverished nobleman. When Francis heard learned that he she was carrying Essex's child, he became she became frantic. Unable to trust the other ladies who were envious of her, she confided in a friendly servant, Alice Cogan. They managed to hide her condition until the Queen departed from her annual progress from the um annual progress from one great lord's house to another. While Her Majesty was gone, Francis gave birth to a baby attended only by Alice. Her motherly instincts proved less powerful than her fear of the queen's breath. She offered to pay Alice a small sum yearly in if she would raise her baby as her own as the childless chair charwoman readily agreed. Alice died of a fever three years later, leaving her husband to raise the child, and of course, collect the stipend on his own. By this time, Her Majesty had arranged a very favorable match for Francis. She was to wed Thomas Shirley, the son of the royal treasurer. Now she was now she had even more reason to want her affair with Essex keep a secret. When Essex tried to stir up a rebellion and was beheaded, it came downright dangerous to admit my, any association with him. 
For nearly 13 years, Tom Colvin was the only contact with Francis Shelley, was, though a servant who brought him the annual payment that ensured his silence. But the time came at last when we, he needed a fair larger sum in order to pay Julia's passage home from France. After Mr. Shakespeare and Mr. Hemmings turned him down, he he went to call on Madame Shirley, confident as though she might not claim Julia as her daughter, she would not let the girl starve. When she refused to give him the money, he foolishly threatened to speak to her husband. She seemed to change her mind then and offered him a gold bracelet that would, she said, easily fetch three pounds from a money lender. She had not gone half a dozen blocks before the constables caught him and charged him for stealing the bracelet. I had supposed that Julia's reaction to these revelations would be much as the same as mine, but I saw no sign of astonishment in her face, only spectacum. My dad told you all this? Hi. Well, not your real dad, Tom Cogan. And you believed him? What reason would would I have to lie? I don't know. Do you make to make you believe that he wasn't a thief, perhaps? Besides, he didn't need a reason to lie. It was a habit. Right now, I'll wager he's trying to convince the devil that it's all a mistake and that he merely got the wrong coach. I shook my head empathetically. I told me those things only because I thought I might not survive the mandrake poison. Folk don't tell lies when they're about to die. You know, you don't know my da. What do you think the last thing was that anyone heard him say before the plague took him? He said that, that he loved me. She gave a bitter laugh that was very like a sob. That, what a lie, that was. Well, perhaps he did, though, Mr. put in Mr. Pope. After all, he raised you as though you were his own daughter. His own daughter? Don't tell me you believe his story well, as well. I believe that when a man is looking death in the face, he tends to tell the truth about things. She stared at him at incredulously. You don't really suppose that I'm the illegitimate child of Earl of the Earl of Essex? Mr. Pope smiled. You would not be the only one, my dear, I assure you. It's well in known that he had a son by another queen ladies in waiting. The boy had raised by the boy was raised by Essex's mother. He studied Julia's face. Besides, I met Essex a number of times, and I can see the resemblance. You have the same hair, the same eyes, and the same incest nature. Julia considered this for a long moment. Well, she said finally, there is one way of settling the matter for certain. What's that? I said. I'll pay a visit to Madame Shirley, my supposed mother. Nay, I cried. You can't. 
and she's desperate to hide the truth, as Poland says, she may have you tossed in prison as well, or she might simply laugh in my face. In any case, she's not likely to throw her arms about me and invite me in, is she? Julia got to her feet. Well, thank you for such an entertaining tale, James. I wish I could believe it. She started from the room, then turned back to us with a faint, melancholy smile. You know, when I was a young girl, I used to contr- I used to console myself by imagining that my dad was not truly my dad, that that I'd been adopted as an infant from some respectable family. But then, she shrugged. Then I grew up. When she was gone, I moved over next to Mr. Pope and said softly, I'm certain that Tom Coken was telling the truth. Why does she doubt it? Mr. Pope scratched thoughtfully at the bald spot atop his... his... um... um... I'm, I'm certain that Tom Coken was telling the truth. Why does she doubt it? Mr. Pope scratched thoughtfully at the bald spot atop his head. I expect that the idea frightens her a bit. She grew up among thieves and beggars after all. And the notion that she has noble blood in her veins will take some getting used to. Why should it? She's played fine gentlemen and ladies a hundreds of times on the stage. That's so. But playing is not the same as being it. You feign death a hundred times. It's a good deal be it's a good deal different actually being dead. Or so I would imagine. In truth, I said, I almost hope that she does on on doubting it. Why is that? Because and she begins to think of herself as one of the the better sort, as they say. Perhaps she no longer had any use for us. Though Julia gradually accepted the possibility that she was the daughter of a lord, it did not seem an effect of her much. She went on as always, helping with the chores and with the children. She behaved no differently toward me either, except perhaps that she was a bit more quiet and somber than usual. When I asked when I asked whether I might tell my fellow players the news. She made no objection. The company reacted much of the way that they had when I told them of my true father. Half of them were astounded. The other half declared that her that her likeness to Essex was so unmistakable that they would have seen it before. I returned from the theater late that afternoon to find Julia gone and Goody Willingson growing anxious. She said she'd be back in time to help with supper. I don't mind that she's not. I'm just wondering what's become of her. Did she say where she was going? To see a friend. Someone named Francis, I believe. Oh, Gis! Without pausing to explain, I dashed out of the house and down the river where I paid the weary man sixpence to make the quickest crossing he could.
I knew well enough where Sir Thomas Shirley mansions. Mansion lay. It was one of the grandest in the string of grand houses that stretched out along the north bank of the river. Their red tile roofs grow, glowing like great gems in the light of, of the sinking sun. I, uh, of the sinking sun. A moment the boat touched shore, I leaped from it and scrambled up the stairs. When I reached Sir, the theme street, I hurried down it, scanning both sides of the full thoroughfare, praying that I might see Julia heading home, safe and sound. Instead, I found her sitting on a low stone wall across the street from Shirley House, gazing at the imposing structure. What are you doing? I demanded breathlessly. She gave me a startled look. I might well ask the same of you. I sank down at down next to her, trying to keep you from doing something foolish. You needn't you needn't have bothered. I wasn't planning to planning to burst in and declare myself as a rightful heir or anything. You told Gooding and Willingson you were going to see Francis, and so I did. She came out not a quarter of an hour ago. She crossed the street and passed me by so near that I might have reached out and touched her, but you didn't. No, nor did I speak to her. I only wanted to give a look at her and see, to see whether you resembled her. I can. I did the same with Jimmy Ritzoff. And do you? She gave a, she gave a small, self-conscious laugh. No, she's very beautiful. I shrugged. Oh well, with enough face paint and costly gown and the right wig, anyone can look beautiful, even me. Besides, I think you're quite common. Do you? Fine. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Can we go now, or do you want to have a look at Sir Thomas as well? No, I'm done. As we headed toward the river, she said, That's one... That's one of the things I miss most about acting, getting to wear those elegant gowns, she sighed. I suppose it's caps and aprons for me now, from now on. There may yet be hope. I've heard that the, that the new queen enjoys performing in plays and masques and such. Perhaps... She'll talk to her husband into letting women appear upon the stage. Julia laughed her humorlessly. He'd have to get rid of all the Puritans first. That's not a bad idea, I said. He could send them all off to colonize the new world. So that was chapter 20. I know. 35. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see ya. See ya. Later, bye guys.